Let's go. Let's go. It's the Plank Show. Are my levels okay, Josh? Are we good to go with everything? Check, check, microphone, check, Siblis, Siblis. We good? It looks good. Okay. We had to share our equipment with one Gabe Eichard yesterday, and Gabe is very anti-having the volume turned up in his headset. So, literally, I, I couldn't tell what was going on. But thankfully, we're good to go here. It's presser day. It's presser day. Um, how are you liking the new feel of the setup of game week from how Coach Venables has moved the Rudy show to a Monday night and the press conference to a Tuesday? Josh Elmer, your thoughts? I dig it. I got no problem with it. I I like it. Everything's sort of done and then focus on football uh, as soon as we finish up the press conference today. So can we talk through this real quick? Welcome to the Plank Show on a Tuesday. I am live from deep within the bowels. I'm not going to say it again. Deep within the trenches of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. In fact, I walked in and ruined Craig Moore's breakfast. Sorry, Craig. He was in here working. I took my mighty little perch, our uh, Oklahoma Sooner mobile radio studios. I plop my behind down, and I'm ready to talk some OU football. But, but Josh, Tuesday's show is going to be a bit of a challenge it, 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 for me. Not for you. I mean, it's, you're smooth, calm, just like the breeze. Rock the mic with the help of Easy Rock. I know you got this. This year, we are starting the presser at 11.15, which is kind of a unique time for affiliates down the line. So what we have done, you see, what happened was, is we've put together now um, a 15-minute preview show, which is kind of cool, right, for, um, you know, we think about the OU Radio Network, and for us, we just kind of think about the flagship. But there's, you know, hundreds of stations that carry this. And for some of them, they're only OU football conversations during the week. It's not all sports radio stations, is my point, is the Brent Venable show and then the press conference. And then they have the games. So it's kind of, you know, a nice during-the-season recap, in-season. All right, for this first game, it's basically the Jeff Levy presser with, with Ted Roof. My question to you, and and my point about this, this really takes me away from the show on a Tuesday. And at least for what a good – it's basically at halftime of the show, I don't come out of the halftime locker room. I stay in for evaluation. And you not only have the ball, but we have to count on Connor not magically disappearing on us like he did that week whenever he was going to be in studio. Kidding, Connor. Remember that? It's like, oh, dude, I'm with you guys all week long. I can't wait. Literally, he's like, hey, I got to go to a meeting, and we never saw him again, right? Yeah, just... so I got to get out of here. We're talking about T-shirts. <laughs> Connor. What? Oh, what? Okay. Well, see ya. And then we never saw him again. So if Connor's good, I don't feel so bad. But if he's not, we may have to reevaluate our, our press conference plan on a Tuesday. I may just make it the Drake Dykin show 
live from Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium? I think whatever you feel good about, uh-huh. we will make work. Like, if it's important to you to be a part of it, then then we'll make yeah, it work. It's I no big deal. That's, that's a great question. I feel like it's – for me, I feel like it's important to, to be a part of all of it. But then again, that same vein, we also got a shizzo that we got to do here, Josh. We all – this is a locomotive that is rolling nonstop. Is that a Texas analogy? Can I not use that anymore? I mean, this show is pretty much on fire right now. And – uh, and not in a bad way, because trust me, I've been a part of shows that were on fire in a bad way. I prayed one time for a high school scoreboard show to get knocked off the air, and it did. It was the most amazing thing that ever happened. It it kind of resurrected my beliefs. Um, but we're rolling, man, and it's game week. And I guess my, I hate to be away from the show on game week, right? Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna have to go really in the weeds on this, Josh, because it's it's tough, man. It's a tough call. It is Brent Venable's presser, and you know I like to have my seat right there up front in the middle asking all the questions. Wait, that's not me. I like to have my seat back in the back hiding, judging everyone, eating my Midway sandwich, not chomping on the chips while the presser's going on, but trying to quietly get my mustard and mayo on it. Right? It's You get spoiled a little bit. So... We'll have to have a tough call on this show over the next few days. Maybe it becomes more sporadic. Maybe just Drake and I alternate. How about that? I'm good with I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Then it's then it's truly you're half in, half out. Right. You see, that's the whole thing. It's kind of symbolic. Right? <laughs> I'm leaving at halftime in one way. Uh, but then I'm only doing the other job part-time. It's tough call, man. Tough call. We'll have to get all the big wigs and decision-makers in on this one. Hey, how was your Monday night? Anything in one of the final – well, this is the final Monday night without football on a Monday night for a really, really long time, right? Because you get Clemson and Georgia Tech next Monday, and then the Monday night schedule takes over the National Football League. Yeah, how great is that? Right? That is so nice to hear. And we're two days out from a big Thursday night college football slate. So, no, it was good, man. It was it was good. Got a little work done and uh, nothing to complain about. I was supposed to be broadcasting softball last night over at Norman North, but weather said, nah, we, we don't think so. I don't know about you, and I don't know what you guys um, got in the, the Norman metropolis. See – as a member of the rural community now, um, I don't have a lot of time for you big city folks around here, but I believe what we had in in Goldsby, America, I believe what we had would be uh, referred to as a as a toad strangler, as a gully washer, and I celebrated it like one of my kids just accomplished something incredible in life. I mean. Uh, when I looked out, and my daughter's very afraid of, of thunderstorms, but Josh, when I looked outside and I saw it just raining sheets, it was—I'm pretty happy. I'm not. We didn't get any of the rain that came through on Sunday. Somehow, it magically missed us. It it shut down the OUOSU Bedlam soccer game in Stillwater. Um, it it led to. Josh's beloved golf tournament getting interrupted <laughs> for a report of rain. <laughs> I was just stepping in here during a very, very high-stakes moment in in professional golf to tell you it's raining outside. 
But I was pretty happy last night, man. We hadn't got anything. And it was. did it shut down everything in our high school schedule last night? No. We, we oh, okay. still got a volleyball broadcast oh, okay. in, but both of the softball broadcasts were uh, not happening. Dude, that, was, that would be pretty hilarious if it rained so hard it rained out a volleyball game. That would be uh, epic. Um, so, anyway, there's – there is the night that was. I watched tennis last night. Wow. Yeah. Well, my timeline was blowing up about it. And I try not to gauge too much on what everybody's talking about on Twitter.com. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't follow tennis. I thought it was the finals of the U.S. Open. <laughs> I mean, literally, pop on your ESPN app right now. Go do it. Everything on there is tennis. I, I, I thought that the tournament had already, like, moved on. And then I realized it was Serena Williams' first match. And I'm like, wow, you guys don't have a lot of confidence in her, man. I think we're, we're celebrating. Gail King is out there doing a post-match interview. Like, it's a talk show interrupting the you-know-what out of Serena. Like, let her talk, Gail. This isn't – Is what's she on? The View? Oprah Network? Let her talk. But – I watched tennis last night, dude. And and then I found myself enamored with the projections of cutdown day. And this is, I'm sure if you were to talk to, to Teddy and Gabe, um, Dusty, and, and all the, the former players that we're friends with and that come on at Jerry O up in Tulsa, I don't, it, it's a weird day because when you think about your friends that are former players, this day sucks, right? Because you're living on an edge and you never know what's going to happen. Um, but it's it's also, Josh, in a weird kind of way, it's when you find out what your team's truly going to look like, right? It's where you, you you truly start getting down to the, the nuts and bolts of what your roster is going to look like. It's also a magnification with the cutting this morning of Lynn Bowden, just how terrible the, the Raiders 2020 draft class was. And... I don't know, was was it also shutting down and saying adios to the career of Josh Gordon with the Chiefs move this morning? Maybe so. I think so. Maybe so. Somebody that seemingly has had 17 second chances, but uh, maybe this was the 17th and final second chance for one Mr. Gordon. To say that no NFL player has been more wrongly – suspended based on where the laws and rules are right now might be an interesting conversation with Josh Gordon. But then to also add to it, Josh, to say no man has been given more of an opportunity after two good games than Josh Gordon, I mean, it was too good. It was back-to-back weeks where he had over 200 yards receiving in 2013, and yet we still are like, yeah, remember those two games in 2013 with Josh Gordon? I was kind of surprised by the Danny Sheldon release, right? Uh, but that was just two weeks ago when they brought him in. Um, I don't know if we'll get any surprises today. Today's an interesting day. Four, uh, three o'clock is whenever they have to have the rosters cut down on. We, uh, you know, Tyrese Robinson already got cut, so you know we'll keep our fingers crossed that he can land somewhere. Uh, Marquise Hayes. We did talk to Bill Beanbow yesterday. Uh, I asked him about Marquise and. It's looking pretty good that he'll make the roster, but he may he may be IR this year because he's dinged up his ankle. Jeremiah Hall got cut yesterday. Who, who else are we? Stephen Parker, I think, is going to make the roster. 
trying to think of anyone else. Gabe Burkett just kind of bouncing around right now. Austin Seibert, you know, I kind of caught up a little bit on Hard Knocks. Austin Seibert's kind of been the – he's kind of been the star of Hard Knocks, right? He's, he looks like he may make the Lions team. And, and then we'll – Curtis Bolton, listen, that's, that's near and dear to my heart because there's some projections that have him making the Raiders. There's others that have him on the way out. I think Bolton's got a chance because of his special teams. Anyone I'm leaving out on a roster bubble for OU right now? Oh, I, I, I not that I'm a, okay. aware of off the top of my head. I don't know of, yeah. There's not anyone that's, like, jumping to the front of my mind. I know Adrian Ely is bouncing around kind of in purgatory right now trying to find another job uh, after he got cut from the Ravens this offseason. Uh, I'll, I'll get that waiver wire list of tryouts, and every so often you see his name pop up. Um, but for the most part, Baker in Carolina gets a new tool uh, in, in the Panthers trading for LaVisca Chenault. Things are looking good in Arizona right now for Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts probably playing for a contract this year with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think for the most part, for for the Sooners at the next level, it's 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 a pretty good sign as to where things are right now, at least of the guys that we know, right? Indeed, indeed, yes. That is a, a good sign for anybody that stuck on here. What would you take from yesterday? With Lebby and Ted Roof? Correct. Everybody's excited for football. <laughs> Just excited, man. Um, did you get – by the way, uh, Kennedy Brooks, someone just made a, a list of he's, – he's probably not going to make the Eagles. He's among the final five running backs that are fighting for a job in Philadelphia. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Jason Huntley, and Kennedy Brooks. So we'll keep an eye on Kennedy Brooks in Philadelphia. I um, When we come back – I, I hope we can go a little bit more in-depth and people are exciting for football. So I'm going to bring you some audio from the presser yesterday. Uh, I got Ted Roof and, and Jeff Levy. Also, in addition to that, we taped our Coach's Corner show. It will be available on Wednesday on ESPN+. Plus. I believe it still airs Thursday. I'll have to double-check when it airs on the Sooner Radio Network. But when we come back, let's go in-depth on what we learned from the Ted Roof Jeff Levy presser. We are two hours away from Brent Venable's press conference today. Uh, we are not able to air it live right here on the ref. So those of you who are uh, rolling in to catch the BV presser at 11 a.m., we 11.15, I guess, is when it will start. We don't have the rights to that, but uh, I'll jump on if we're still on the air, whenever it wraps up with Josh, and we'll recap it, and Steel Man and Thune will have audio all throughout uh, the noon hour from BV's press conference. But what do we learn from Ted Roof and Jeff Levy? We'll dry, dive into it next right here on The Ref. Can I throw a general take from the pressers yesterday, Josh, and um, our conversations with the coaches? Just not anything negative, but just a general take. Nothing too specific here. General take. Let's hear it. General take. Not to be confused. Surface with, level. Not to be confused with general booty. See what I did there? General take. I do think that I haven't listened to all of Brent this morning. But I think this staff is very calculated and careful about getting too hyped on an individual, right? And I think at, at, at this point, at least for me, as a, as a fan – 
and obviously as somebody who's you know covered this team for a while for a minute, I, I do I want to know, hey, who's kind of caught your eye, right? This is this is no longer a camp thing. This is now a the games Saturday thing, and I, I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm not saying they don't want to talk about players, Josh, but it just seems as if. Everything when it comes to player-related re- questions, um, outside of hearing Brent talk about Danny Stutzman at times, Ethan Downs and others, it's I, I guess maybe the point I'm trying to make more than anything is not to say it's it's very vanilla or kind of very vague, but is it fair to to maybe kind of derive from that? they really, really want to see how some of these guys that maybe look good or at least they feel like have practiced well, they really need to see them do it in games. Is that a is that a too obvious assessment? Is that uh, me just trying to make excuses for not building up guys? Because that's kind of the sense that I get. I don't think that's too obvious. I think that's probably exactly right on the money and probably how they should approach a lot of this too. We, we've seen in the past Oklahoma, whether it's a coordinator, head coach, whoever, get burned a little bit by getting caught up with kind of what we've seen throughout camp, right? I'm thinking of one name in particular, uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles. <laughs> that was supposed to be the next Roy Williams, and he, he did nice things at Oklahoma. I, I don't want to say that he stunk at OU. He didn't, but he was clearly not Roy Williams, right? So before you – get into kind of those lofty comparisons. Let's watch a little football before we dive headfirst all into it. So, yeah, there, I'm sure, is truth to that, and a calculated approach is probably the best approach. Yeah. So, agreed. So, with that in mind, Josh, I don't know if everyone got the backup to the depth chart that they wanted. Does that make sense? In other words, you see the depth chart and you're like, okay, well, why is this guy here? Why is that guy here? What did this guy do? Wow, this guy must have really stood out, right? Hey, I, for instance, I was the, the first text I got when the when the depth chart came out uh, outside of Shane from Newcastle who broke it to us. Look at you, Shane. Um, was my buddy Rob in Tulsa. It's like, wow, Reggie Grimes over Marcus Stripling. But you know, here, I'll, I'll play. Here's whenever Ted Roof was asked about it yesterday, about Reggie Grimes, even the answer you got was, you know, let's let, let's face it, probably not as and, – and I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I completely and totally understand. But I don't think the answer gave you the answers you wanted. Yeah, he's really improved his, uh, his physical presence. Uh the physicality of, of what he's done from a, a technique and fundamental standpoint. I've uh, been real proud of Reggie, uh, proud of his leadership, proud of his work ethic, and, uh, you know, he's, he's done a good job and had a really good camp. Mm. So, right? I mean, let me give you another example. I want to make this very clear. I see no problem with this. Um, Deshaun White, man, Coach, Deshaun White, kind of impressive to see. What is it, what is it about him at that cheetah position that you like well it starts with the the versatility uh the ability to play play coverage and at the same time be physical enough to get in the box and uh 
and be efficient in there. So a lot of versatility there. Uh, you know, when you start looking at the the overall skill set and job description of that position, and that's where it starts. Uh, so that's that's where we are. But uh, just Deshaun's had a great camp, uh, has adjusted really well because you know he was playing Will earlier in camp, and we mo- we moved him to the cheetah position. Uh, but he still has the ability to play Will as well. And, uh, you know, with Justin, uh, he is, he's worked extremely hard, been extremely committed, and uh, approached this thing in the right way. And he's had a, he's had a good camp as well. So, uh, again, with the versatility of the skill set, uh, he has – that's what fits him. See? So, I loved it all. I'm not complaining, but if you're looking for something specific – I mean, I guess when you hear Reggie Grimes approach the physical side, right, that's something fairly specific. But it was just, I don't know, and I kind of dug it. It was a little little maybe short on details whenever we're in a world where we want all the details. And I feel like, Josh, you almost have to be. The beautiful thing is the UTEP game, the Kent State game, the Nebraska game, none of these are very far away. And I'm sure there will be expounded thoughts on said players performances after these contests and there was a little bit there I mean obviously Ted Roof talking about Deshaun White at the cheetah position he he yeah he's gonna have to have better cover skills back there that's a different role than a Mike or Will backer you you do have to get out and run a little bit and you know cover with some guys so for Deshaun White to have made that transition, obviously they like a little bit of what they've seen from Deshaun White in that regard. And we know that Justin Harrington, I mean, that would be sort of a natural skill set for him. Sure. Um, sp- speaking of Justin Harrington. Uh, I-, I coach that position. You coach the, the team. Yeah. And that guy that played corner, he's he's significantly bigger. Yeah. Yeah, he's put, he's eating pretty well. And, uh, yeah, so he's he doesn't look like a corner anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, – Again, we still have all those packages, but the, the flexibility that those those players present us, uh, you know, because as you go through practice, you evaluate everything, and as a coach, you learn more about your people as you go as it goes along. We certainly learned more about more about those guys and where they fit, what their skill sets are, uh, what they're good at, and uh, you know, just feel like that's that's where we are, and that's that's what's best for our defense right now. Mm. Yep. Um, Coach Roof did say this is a good point. Coach Roof did say that it's the best two deep. Uh, at best, it's a two deep. It's a spar- starting spot. It's ever changing. It's performance driven. Yeah. In fact, that that was another thing. Whenever the depth chart, everyone's like, "Oh, the depth chart, the depth chart." There's a lot of youth on that depth chart. What do you think? Again, this is this is performance driven, uh, and I really don't care what class they're in. I don't care the name on the back of their jersey. I care about the name that's on the front of their jersey. And that's that's what we worry about. But, uh, you know, I think we've got a good blend of experience and some guys that so that, that are younger. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's that's the way it is. And, you know, every situation's unique. Every situation's different. Uh, but, you know, that's that's where we are. And that's what, that's what they've earned to this point. And, again, this is a... This is a starting point. This isn't a this isn't a finish line. This is a starting point for our players. So that's where we are. And uh, you know, again, I just want to put the guys that to, to give us the best chance to be successful on the field and 
we'll go from there. Hey, uh, one more kind of on the, the depth chart conversation and, you know, wanting to try to, hey, why is this guy ahead of that? Why is this guy here? Uh, the question about battles, fierce battles. Where were those fierce battles? You know, you hope they're all fierce. Uh, and I, I really feel that it has been that way. And this competition is not over. This is just a starting point uh, that, you know, the depth chart reflects daily performance. So this thing is very fluid and will, will change several times over. Then you throw the injuries and injury bu- bug into it and things like that. So it's a... Uh, it's just a, it's a starting point. It's where we are right now. It's what players have earned to this point. And, uh, you know, excited about the improvement and development and moving forward, evaluating that and uh, the depth chart reflecting that on a daily on a daily basis. I completely and totally botched that uh, 402 texters text, but it was actually right. I mean, it's he said it best uh, because there wasn't a what's it called? There wasn't the proper apostrophe in there for my pause. So you guys have to realize, I have a little bit of Ron Burgundy in me, but uh, <laughs> Coach did say it best. It's too deep. It's a starting point. It's ever-changing. It's performance-driven, period. And you might be shocked by something like Jane Davis being a starter, DJ Graham being second. Uh, I don't know anything. I, we had a chance to kind of hash through it a little bit yesterday, Josh. But, you know, anything else on there? where you felt like one guy should be ahead of the other. Bill Beanbow echoed it yesterday. I mean, you guys will see it on ESPN Plus on Wednesday, but it's it's a starting point. This piece of paper is nice for us. It's good for us to look like. Um, the players on the top of it have earned it, but it's no guarantee that you're going to be out there starting on Saturday, right? Well, not for the entirety of the season. That that will be dependent upon what happens, well, the, the remainder of the remainder this of the week. And, and then, yeah, the – performances on Saturdays and beyond, right? The What we see against UTEP and what we see during all these games and the rest of these practice weeks. If there's a better option, then Oklahoma's going to take said better option, as they should. I mean, that's just the way this thing works. Um, you want to get a break? It's 9.33. You want to hear a little bit more of Ted Roof when we come back? Let's. Let's hear more from Mr. Uh, Ted Roof. Did you get this in time to play any of it yesterday or no? No, no, yeah, they. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was wasn't until after we signed off. We were hustling. We were trying to get it to you as quickly as possible. I appreciate but, that. Um, but yeah, fun a fun day yesterday of information gathering. And when we come back, we'll continue to do so with Ted Roof, little Jeff Levy coming up at the top of the hour right here on the Home of Sooner. Little news from the NFL here, real quick. Oh, I did, by the way, get all caught up in uh, some Jimmy G talk last night. I'm not going to lie. No trade clause. Can't be traded. Well, actually, he can. It's like, what? Then why is it called a no trade clause? Well, you know, now he has to agree to it. It's it's so dumb. But uh, Josh Rosen just got cut by the Cleveland Browns. Same Josh Rosen that everyone told us was going to be an incredible NFL quarterback. He is now, if he gets signed again, which I assume he will, will be on his seventh different team Wow! since 2018. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. And um, what else did I say? Oh, HBO has revealed details about their latest documentary, which will be on the Bishop Gorman saga. And that happened a year ago today. And I realize that. 
I'll never forget. I worked with uh, Lugs right right after that, and I was like, "Was it as bad as it appeared?" He goes, "Dude, dude, it's the worst thing I've ever seen." <laughs> so, if you uh, need a little bit more Bishop, did I say Bishop Gorman? I'm sorry, Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore. Thank you, Bishop Sycamore. And that mess it was a year ago today. Oh, and one other thing from last night before we get back to Ted Roof. You know, I have a very simple philosophy in life, right? Find you someone that loves you and pushes you and cares for you as much as ESPN loves and cares and pushes Mike Greenberg down our throat. (laughs) Yes. Find you someone like that. I don't know. I might have to add to that. Find you someone that makes you smile like Bill Belichick smiled when he saw Chris Berman yesterday. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. So he Dude, loves loves himself some Chris Berman. I, I mean, I. Bill Belichick is like the surly dude, but I've never seen a person light up the way Bill Belichick did when he saw Chris Berman walk in front of the podium. It's like, oh, boomer, and he just lit, and then gave him the first question. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, it was like thirteen-year-old me. It's like, oh, look, it's the guy that says Lamar. Where does it Hoyt? Still the best nickname in my world. Lamar Hoyt, former Padres pitcher. Lamar, where does it Hoyt? And those two probably go way back just from. Sure they do. You know, boomers work in the NFL, and obviously Belichick's been around for a long, long time, not just with New England, but before that. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And Belichick's probably the nicest guy in the world. Sure. Outside of the media setting as the New England Patriots head coach, right? Yeah. I mean, we have this persona of him as just kind of being, like you said, surly, honestly, at times, a jerk, I think, to the media, and yet he's probably really nice when you get him outside that setting. Um, all right, 942, Plank Show. Let's relive a little bit more from – Ted Roof. Anything surprise you from what we played last segment? Anything that catch your ear, that caught your ear? Uh, no, I don't know that anything's necessarily surprised me a whole heck of a lot. I mean, they're being a little guarded, kind of wait and see, which mm. probably you should on your season opening week. Mm. Agreed. But listen to Ted Roof talk about UTEP. Oh, UTEP. Okay. Um, you know, very, very uh, experienced play caller, the head coach is, you know, work with Coach Venables at Kansas State, so there's some familiarity there, and I have a lot of respect for for what they do and how they've done what they've done. Um, a quarterback heavy driven offense, they put a lot, uh, they give him a lot of autonomy. It looks like, and uh, he does a great job of recognizing things, and they do a lot of checking. You know, getting him to the right play and things of that nature. So, a lot of, and he's also throws a great, great deep ball. Uh, he can make all the throws. You know, the, the field outs, the field corner routes. He makes all the throws, uh, and has mobility to move the chains with his, with his legs and to extend plays. So, um, you know, have a lot of respect for him. And this, the experience, you can tell, he's a really, really salty vet. Um, so, again, and then, you know. They're very, very multiple. Um, they play it. They play it in basically five uh, five personnel groupings. They play the game in. So you know you have everything from 
from A to Z to, to prepare for. Uh, so in, and the understanding that and, and how you build a game plan to, to make sure our guys are ready for the, for the versatility that they have. Um, you know, they have, you look at last week's game um, and you see the final score, but then if you like watch the game, you look at the fourth and one that, you know, they had a mishap on that, that could have been a touchdown. The, the scramble, that could have been a touchdown, the missed field goal. So all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at 30 points with just like that. So I, I don't think that was indicative of, you know, of, of the score. Maybe it was indicative of how tight that g- game really was or could have been. Um, so uh, they've got big play receivers, and they, they, they thrive on the explosive plays. Big, big play receivers, uh, a downhill running back that ran for almost 1,000 yards last year. Um, you know, they've got a receiver that was a high school quarterback, Flores, that, you know, had nine catches this week, and is, they use him some in wildcat situations. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility and, uh, and versatility in their offense, not only with uh, personnel groupings, but the personnel within those groupings. So uh, that's, a, that's a big challenge for us. And, uh, you know, but we're excited. We're excited to go play a game, you know, to play somebody else. Uh, we're tired of playing our we're tired of playing our offense, uh, ready to play somebody else. And it'll be, uh, as coaches, you know, to, to see where we measure up, to see where we are, to see what we, what we do well, you know, once the light comes on and, you know, the areas that we'll need to improve in the most, cause there'll be, there'll be both. There'll be some both. So it's just, you know, this is what you, what you work for, you know, the, to be able to, to get to this point in the season where it's time to play a game and, uh, in our stadium in front of our fans that, uh, that our guys can't wait, and as coaches, we can't wait to watch our guys play, you know? I mean, how about that? <laughs> it's like you got to – it's like, man, I want I, – I need more meat on my bone from some of these breakdowns. I need coach to tell me which guys have caught his eye and what's going on. And then, I mean, Tad Roof just goes all in in laying out things to keep an eye on. One common theme, and in fact um, – See, I think I got the Levy quote here, too. Yeah, listen to Jeff Levy talk about UTEP. Yeah, I think the, the first part of it is the first thing that jumps off the tape with UTEP is these guys play incredibly hard. Their front four is back. Their Mike backer is back. These guys have played a bunch of ball, and they play incredibly hard. So we're going to have to match that and surpass it to start. And and then the next part of playmaking ability, we've got guys that can make plays down the field. You know, we're, we're still going to be the group that takes what they give us and, and move the football that way. So, in other words... Ted Roof went a little bit more in-depth on it, but Josh, it really seems as if they're not they're not putting too much credence into the way that game went between UTEP and North Texas. In other words, they're they're very, very wary of some of the opportunities that UTEP had against North Texas to keep it close. Now, I understand it's coach speak. They're not going to come out and they're not going to say, man, they – we should kick the you-know-what out of them. But, you know, it, it kind of gives you a cause to go back and look, and there were some missed opportunities for UTEP to keep that game tighter than it was on Saturday. Yeah, they're not going to hop in there and say yeah. UTEP stinks and we're going to beat them by <laughs> 70 come Saturday. There's probably, again, some truth to that. It's the age-old adage, never as good as it looks and never as bad as it looks. Though UTEP losing 31-13 to to North Texas probably tells us <laughs> <laughs> that Oklahoma, if Oklahoma's who we think they are, should go out here and win very, very comfortably. 
come Saturday. But, hey, you got to go make that happen. And coaches typically are going to have a lot of respect for other coaches and for the work that other coaching staffs are doing with their players. And like you said, you're just not going to trash people in the public sphere, right? I mean, that's very uncommon. Very uncommon. Um, I mean, you're not going to have a Ricky Bobby go up there and like, listen, we're the best there ever was. You know, I wake up every morning, and this football team pees excellence. I mean, it's just (laughs) – it's not reality. But there is a mutual respect for what UTEP can bring. And, uh, oh, I just – that was the one thing from from the presser with Ted Roof where I was like, dang, man, he's he's got some takes on – the old miners. And it was good stuff, right? Hey, listen, we, we saw them miss a couple of opportunities. We saw them not taking advantage of things. Our guys got to go out and play hard to have this opportunity. All right, when we come back, we'll catch up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Let's get after it, 405-651-3439. We'll dive back into the depth chart. Captains have been announced. We were, we're pretty close on a couple of them, pretty close. Uh, but we'll dive into that next as well, right here on the ref. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the plank show. It's like I want to wait till this kicks, but it takes a second. Here we go. <laughs> I love this tune. This is such a fantastic album. I um, I guess they're doing like an exclusive thing uh, on uh, Sirius XM. Red Hot is. Yeah, and I got an invitation to it. I was like, ooh, let's go. I should know about that because I get a phone call from SiriusXM about three times a day. Bro, let me tell you something. I'm a proud employee as one of my sad gigs at SiriusXM. But holy smokes, man. If it, Like my wife just got a car and um, <laughs> the, the reminders that you get. And even when you unsubscribe from them, they still show up. How does that happen? How do you unsubscribe from a mailing list and yet you still get the emails? And I know they're little tricks, right? It's like unsubscribe. You really don't want to unsubscribe, so click yes here if you want to keep getting the emails, right? You got to read all the fine print. And they are. I've got to find me a collection person like SiriusXM has in there. Bug you with calls and mailers by unsubscribe you mean that you'd like to receive lifetime updates yeah exactly by unsubscribe do you mean that even when you unsubscribe we're still going to send you emails nonstop? no that's 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 not what i mean at all um why is blake bell trending is something going on oh here we go blake bell will be on the chief's initial 53-man roster before spending the first few weeks on IR to continue to recover from hip surgery. Shane Bouchel, Josh, has also earned a roster spot. Interesting. Well, obviously, uh, Blake Bell's done some really nice things in the National Football League. You know, sometimes I, uh, you know, I, I've done radio for a minute, and I'll never forget when Blake Bell was being recruited, the calls we would take, this is the dual threat guy that we want, that we need. He's going to take over at, at, at quarterback. And, I mean, I, I bought in, right? How could you not? The kid was a stud coming out of Kansas. And as a quarterback, and the Bell Dozer was legendary, 
and he had some moments to throw to Jalen Saunders in the OSU game. He had some moments. But, man, has he become a solid NFL tight end. He's not Mark Andrews. He's not Darren Waller. He's not Travis Kels. But, I mean, he's an integral part of what the, the Chiefs do, including that horrifically impossible to stop, put him in motion, then he gets under center, Bowling ball snap. flip, yeah. yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, no, that is uh, the greatest play of all time, maybe. Uh, oh. It's typically unstoppable, except when it's stoppable. But Blake Bell is uh, – Really well-liked in Kansas City and has been a legitimate contributor for the Chiefs in the past, both uh, in the run game with what he does, uh, blocking on the exterior, and uh, occasionally catching some passes too. So, uh, you know, continued good health to him and can't wait till he's back. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Here's one from the uh, 405. Did you guys see the Noah Allen tweet? Something along the lines of, He's paraphrasing the tweet here. But let me read what my good friend, Noah Allen, at NoahQB7, tweeted. We traded a coach whose entire focus was on recruiting, not development, for a coach whose entire focus is on development and is a better recruiter. Clear choice, OU football. Then what'd you go with here, Noah? Six, nine stock up emojis. Now, I've been in negotiations with Noah for the better part of, hmm, probably since I moved here in 2015 and started the show in 16 to be a regular part of this year very radio program. Uh, he's very, he's an expensive, expensive uh, uh, piece of real estate, if you will. But I love that dude, and I think he's right. That's not a shot. Some might think it is. It's it, it, Listen, Lincoln Riley was about bringing guys in here, and they did it, and they did it well, right? But it, it, it failed in the development side. Brent Venables asked Teddy all about development. And, oh, by the way, they got a top five recruiting class coming in in 23. All right, when we come back, I'll hit more of these texts. I'm sorry, I got bogged down on that. But more from Jeff Levy next.